This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily, downfall, the Murdoch murders, and the demise of a South Carolina dynasty. I'm innocent. I would never hurt my wife Maggie, and I would never hurt my son Papa. You know, not since the 1994 murder trial of O.J. Simpson has the American public and indeed international audiences been so captivated by a real-life courtroom drama. A conclusion nearing in the double murder trial gripping the nation. Alec Murdoch. Alec Murdoch. Richard Alexander Murdoch. And last week, after a six-week televised trial, Richard Alec Murdoch was found guilty of the murders of wife Maggie and son Paul. All right, Mr. Murdoch, I sentence you to the State Department of Corrections on each of the murder indictments in the murder of your wife Maggie Murdoch. I sentence you for a term of the rest of your natural life for the murder of Paul Murdoch, whom you probably love so much, I sentence you to prison for murdering him for the rest of your natural life. Those sentences will run consecutive. Concluding one very convoluted and complex chapter of an ongoing murder mystery. Murdoch's lawyers arguing he's a family man who loved Paul and Maggie. But the state painting a picture of a desperate, disgraced father who killed the two to obtain sympathy after several investigations opened into the money he's accused of stealing. There are six investigations going right, going on all around the Murdoch family. Wow. Got the boat crash, a double murder, the death of another teenage boy, a suicide scheme, missing money from a law firm, and the death of the Murdoch family wow. housekeeper a few years ago. Drugs, deception, and deaths dominated the hearings, calling into count generational South Carolina inherited privilege. I'm Siobhan McGuire, and today I'm joined by Edward Helmore, reporter for The Guardian newspaper, who's been covering the court case in South Carolina. Prosecutors revealing a 58-second cell phone video recorded by Paul Murdoch directly contradicting Alec Murdoch's story, placing him at the murder scene minutes before his wife and son were shot to death. In the video, you can see Paul going into a pen on the family's property to check on a friend's dog. In the background, you hear other voices. Edward, thank you so much for joining me. Now, we got the guilty verdict and sentencing last week. It did seem like the whole world was watching. What was it like being there in the courtroom? 
Uh, thank you, Siobhan. It was very intense. It was hushed. The public gallery has been warned not to to say anything or uh, make any noise while the verdicts were being read, for, uh, and or we would be thrown out. The the, the jury came in. Uh, it was somber. The judge uh, Clifton Newman, you know, he's been a firm hand throughout the trial, and uh, and the the jury came back within three hours. And that suggested that 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 the defence had never really made an impression on on the jury, and uh, and the swiftness of the verdict sort of underscored how definite their that their opinion was, and they left no room for any doubt. Each was sworn uh, was polled after the verdicts came down, and each said that they agreed before and now that this was the correct verdict. The defendant, he stood, he swayed slightly, uh, he kept his eyes closed and uh, and the judge, Clifton Newman, uh, told him uh, that he would be taken away. He was handcuffed, he turned to his son, uh, Buster, and acknowledged him. It wasn't clear from where I was sitting that you could see that uh, his son returned the gesture and he was handcuffed and led out of the court and that's the last we saw of him until later Friday when he was sentenced. And when you're there in the courtroom and We've had Netflix and HBO bringing out um, their own documentaries on the Murdoch murders. What is the atmosphere like in the courtroom? The trial went on for about six weeks. You know, it's become, I wouldn't say a social event, but it's become an event in South Carolina. These trials take on their own life. And then within the court, uh, we would have... Uh, people coming from from all over the state and further away from Savannah and uh, Charleston uh, to be a part of it, and and you know this is a it's a fairly decorous kind of society in that sense, and 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 the visitors were instructed to come properly dressed. So we did have in one instance a lady, one instance. That I know of a lady who was turned away first because she was wearing a dress with, with um, what they called spaghetti straps, and then later because her outfit was too tight, and on the third attempt she did manage to get in. So there was a sort of sense that the, you know we're running this as a as a trial, and the standards of justice, including sartorially, would need to be upheld. Edward, can we go back and talk about the Murdoch family? Um, now, you know, the, the Murdochs, the name, they're very well known as a kind of family dynasty in Hampton, South Carolina. Um, you had a, a, a lovely piece of writing in The Guardian last week where you wrote that the Murdochs had established deep roots of power in the region as uh, moonshiners during Prohibition. Talking to local people here, you would hear that, you know, either you were with the Murdochs and your life went quite well, and if you weren't, it didn't, it it wasn't so good. And so they established their power first, perhaps 
it's unconfirmed through as as bootleggers during prohibition but then latterly as forces in the in the legal system uh Murdoch's father and his grandfather were both uh, senior solicitors, top prosecutors uh, in the county, uh, and that jurisdiction spanned five counties. So they they wielded a lot of power, and and then latterly they were also uh, defence lawyers. So the cases, particularly personal injury uh, cases. Uh, often came through their courthouse, the the building that was once the Murdoch legal firm. You know, it's the largest in Hampton. It's it's an imposing red brick, looks Georgian mansion really, and uh, in in a, in a town that's really quite, you know, single story and and uh, not not exactly wealthy. So they, there was a sense that they kind of lorded it over the landscape. They weren't necessarily unloved. You know, the, the father and the grandfather were very well regarded. They uh, were generous uh, to Hampton. They sponsored the Watermelon Festival. They sponsored the, uh, you know, the other events that take place through the year. And and they were judged to be uh, benefactors, I think you could say. They were judged to be benefactors. And they wielded this power uh, when elections came around, you know, to re-elect them as as the top prosecutor, as the solicitor. Uh, you know, they had a way. They had ways of doing that. And I was certainly told that they paid off the churches, and they and people knew to vote for the Murdochs because because that's the way life ran, and that's the way life would run well. Now, because of, of Netflix, we have uh, a, a big knowledge around the world now about the, the Murdochs. I guess the story really starts back in 2019, Edward, where there is a local girl, Mallory Beach, who's on um, who's on a boat that's being uh, driven by Paul. There are other friends there and tragedy strikes. What happens? 911, where's your emergency? We're in a boat crash on Arthur Street. On February 24th, 2019, six young friends were out partying on the Beaufort River on a boat owned by the Murdoch family when they crashed. On board was Alex Murdoch's 19-year-old son, Paul. What bridge is it? Paul, what bridge is this? They go out on a, on a cold night. They go out in the boat. They've been drinking. Uh, they've bought liquor from the... Uh, from the um, convenience store, uh, Paul uh, is said to have been, and certainly appears to have been, you know, severely intoxicated. He insists on driving the boat. They're out in Beaufort uh, Bay or River, I think it is, and he's he's doing fast turns, what they call donuts, and uh, he loses control. The boat goes into a pylon uh, under a bridge. Uh, and Mallory Beach is thrown out of the of the boat and is, is and and loses her life. She's not found for another uh, week or so, and and it's there that we see that the Murdoch power, or at least Alec Murdoch's power, uh, sort of swing into action. Then Beaufort County Deputy Sheriff Stephen Domino was one of the first on the scene. Anthony Cook told him he saw Paul Murdoch driving the boat just before the crash. You all know Alec Murdoch? Oh, yeah. 
audacity of the sun. That's so driving the boat. Good luck. And he goes to the hospital. He advises the survivors not to speak to the police. He advises them not to, uh, certainly not to name his son as the driver. He begins to move the wheels of justice in his favor, or at least the, the, the investigation in his favor. Mallory Beach's family files a wrongful death lawsuit against members of the Murdoch family uh, a year later in 2019. And Paul Murdoch is charged with multiple felonies, including voting under the influence, resulting in Mallory Beach's death and serious bodily injury to two other passengers. He pleads not guilty. And all the while, we're waiting for the trial to happen in relation to Mallory Beach. And we think, you know, Paul's going to go before the court and there will be a hearing and all of that. But then suddenly, and this is two years later now, after that tragedy, something happens at the Murdoch family home. Well, there's a call comes in at 10.07 from Alec Murdoch reporting to the police that that a murder has taken place. I have an Alex Murdoch on the line, caller from 4147 Moselle Road. He's advising that his wife and child was shot. Okay, and sir, give me the address again. It's 4147 Moselle Road. I've been up to it now. It's bad. Okay. Okay, and are they breathing? No, ma'am. Okay, and you said it's your wife and your son? My wife and my son. Are they in a vehicle? No, ma'am. They're on the ground out at my kennel. And he 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 sounds upset on the telephone. He sounds uh, distraught. And, uh, and the local police turn up at the estate to find him. He appears dressed in a clean white T-shirt. He appears distraught. He's, he's uh, you know, he's in, in many respects, every, everything that you would expect a father who had discovered his son and his wife, Maggie, um, you know, brutally slain. And he says on, he says to them, it's bad, it's bad. And, um, and that starts a whole new phase of uh, the intrigue into the Murdoch family. And you've had these now three incidents you've had the the um the boating accident you've had uh the death of the housekeeper and you've had in 2015 the death of a young man uh who is found on the side of the road quite clear to the quite near to the moselle estate uh who is listed as being a hit and run, but people have suspicions that it was nothing like a hit and run and that, again, it had been set up. That's right, because on foot of the murder of Maggie and Paul, we suddenly have law enforcement there announcing that they're reopening investigations into the death of um, Stephen Smith was the young man. Murdoch would just make someone disappear. There were so many rumors that Buster and Stephen were intimate together. Stephen's death is now intertwined with the Murtaugh. 
And uh, Gloria Satterfield, uh, who was the Murdoch's housekeeper. Now, it's very interesting in relation to both um, in that, you know, we're not 100% sure as to exactly what happened. Um, But in Gloria's case, we learn a little bit about the deception going on in the background concerning Alec, concerning his addiction to opioids and concerning the amount of, of fraud that was going on, really. In Gloria Satterfield's case, uh, that does begin to uncover the financial embezzlement that has been going on uh, in in and around Alec Murdoch. The, the, he Murdoch comes to the Satterfield family and and offers to represent them in a wrongful, uh, well, in a civil suit uh, for. Uh, for Satterfield's death and then eventually wins a considerable amount of money, um, I think between three and four million dollars. But none of that reaches the family. And uh, it then turns out that uh, checks have been passed. Uh, the head of the state's biggest bank, Palmetto Bank, uh, is involved in it. Uh, and he, and this begins to, he's ultimately charged. His name is Lafitte, and uh, Roger Lafitte, I believe, and he is ultimately charged with embezzlement and convicted. He came from another one of the prominent families in the state. So you begin to see how the mechanics of the Murdoch family, and more broadly, have been used to, uh, you know, for embezzlement and for enrichment. and. And that is another part of the puzzle that begins to show that this family, or at least this, this, the descendant of what had been a very powerful political family, uh, is involved in all these different cases. And no one can quite figure out uh, how they all fit together. Certainly with after Maggie and Paul are discovered, uh, murdered on the family estate, it does initially uh, induce a kind of sympathy for Alec Murdoch, and and we then begin to hear about the that he has a uh, an addiction to painkillers, and uh, his lawyers uh, begin to put about that he may have been involved in a drug gang, or that he may have had some uh, exposure to a drug gang, and this was a this was a hit in revenge for some kind of financial financial obligation he had to them. So it begins to get very murky. We've got unexplained deaths, we've got a, a drug addiction, we've got a, a, a lot of financial crimes. And, you know, as this began, begins to resolve, Murdoch is charged in, in with almost 99 counts of fraud and conspiracy and embezzlement. And this is before... Uh, this is around the same time that he's ultimately charged with the murders of Maggie and Paul last summer. And just to make the story even more convoluted, Edward, Alec Murdoch also claimed that someone had attempted to murder him. What happened there and who was Curtis Edward Smith? Curtis Edward Smith is a cousin. There are lots of cousins in Hampton. Some are cousins, some are just uh, sort of honorary cousins. He was a cousin, uh, perhaps from a less well-to-do side of the family. 
and he uh, uh, works for the Murdochs. He he works on the grounds at some time. He's a kind of odd jobs man, uh, but he runs errands for Alec. And uh, two months after the murders of Maggie and Paul, uh, he gets involved again with Alec Murdoch, and he's induced. Uh, he has said to shoot Alec Murdoch uh, on the side of a road. Uh, and uh, for it to look like a another murder. But in any case, Alec Murdo is only grazed, and um, and that is a whole other sort of tributary of, of, of chaos down here. If Curtis Edward Smith had been successful in killing Alec Murdoch, then he, the surviving son Buster, would have received a $10 million payout for a murder under an insurance policy that would have covered murder but would never have covered suicide. And then, I mean, all of that eventually takes us up to January 23rd of this year. The court case begins, it goes on for six weeks and then you have the the closing arguments last week and he's found guilty as we discussed. I think a lot of people would like to tell the story that this is a, you know, this is some kind of social justice story in which, a, you know, a powerful feudal family in a district uh, of South Carolina that is fairly kind of cut off and is typically quite insular. Uh, you know, is being bought to book. But we, I think we also have to wonder whether, you know, the power in this family, which they undoubtedly had, uh, had already dissipated. You know, it, it, there's no Murdoch uh, serving as top prosecutor. The company has been sold. Uh, the, the brothers are here. Uh, one is no longer, Randy's no longer working uh, for the family in the family law firm set, off on it, set up on his own. You know, the power is dissipated and Alec Murdoch uh, may not have been the man that his father and grandfather was. I think you can also say that it's not over. We, the inquiries into the death of Stephen Smith are open. The inquiry into uh, Gloria Satterfield is open. And, uh, I, and it's not really finished. This is a story of prestige and corruption and South Carolina lauding over a wealthy dynasty. But at the end of the day, uh, nobody is above the law. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter how much money you have or people think you have. It doesn't matter what you think, how prominent you are. If you do wrong, if you break the law, if you murder, then justice will be done in South Carolina. And I think South Carolina has shown to the nation and the world how a process can work and work well. That is certainly what the state attorney general, Alan Wilson, said outside the court on Thursday evening. He said, no one is above the law. And to paraphrase him, he said with this trial and its verdict had given Maggie and Paul voice and they were mowed down by someone they trusted and loved. 
courts. So there is a strong sense that justice has been done. And my thanks to Edward Helmore, a reporter for The Guardian who is in South Carolina. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by myself, researched by Garrett Mulhall with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from CBS, Netflix, CNN, ABC, WJCL, The Law and Crime Network, South Carolina Court TV and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.